Hare Krishna, <clears throat> my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel and Anglo-Saxon for Hive is Haven. So we've named this place Haven, it's an ashram, BBT uh, Iskon Ashram. Uh, dedicated to transmitting transcendental sound to as many persons as possible, especially reading Srila Prabhupada's books uh, cover to cover, one after another. Um, we dedicate our readings. Uh, we've been dedicating our readings and we continue to dedicate our readings to the devotees in Ukraine who are facing extremely dangerous uh, situation. <clears throat> May they be safe and and and, and well, and uh, engaged in spreading Krishna consciousness, even in such difficult uh, surroundings. Okay, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava by Sanatana Goswami, uh, glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam. Very nicely. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drik Prada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, <clears throat> rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwandodita Aditya, Sri Krishna Paribartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a, pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Shri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin, madguro man mahadana, manistadagamad bhagya, mad anandana mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadu tadayin. Adini chochata kada Hanamun chagadachin mam Premna rit kantayokspuda O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly O exalter of the most fallen Please never leave me Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudivaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudivaya So we've reached the fifth chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, named the cause of all causes. Narada Muni and Lord Brahma are having a conversation and Lord Brahma is uh, answering Narada Muni's questions. We're, we're starting with text 30 today. From the mood of goodness the mind is generated and becomes manifest 
and also the ten, de ten demigods controlling the bodily movements. Such demigods are known as the controller of the directions, <clears throat> the controller of the air, the sun god, Varuna, the Ashwini Kumaras, the fire god, the king of heaven, the worshipable deity in heaven, the chief of the Adityas, and Brahmaji, the Prajapati, all came into existence. Purport Vaikarika is the neutral stage of creation, and Tejas is the initiative of creation, while Tamas is the full display of material creation under the spell of the darkness of ignorance. Manufacture of the necessities of life in factories and workshops, excessively prominent in the age of Kali or in the age of the machine, is the, is the summit stage of the quality of darkness. Such manufacturing enterprises by human society are in the mode of darkness because, factually, there is no necessity for the commodities manufactured. Human society primarily requires food for subsistence, shelter for sleeping, defense for protection, and commodities for satisfaction of the senses. The senses are the practical signs of life, as will be explained in the next verse. Human civilization should be supplied as much as absolutely required, but not for aggravating artificial sensory needs. Food, shelter, defense, and sense gratification are all needs in material existence. Otherwise, in his pure, uncontaminated state of original life, the living entity has no such needs. The needs are therefore artificial, and in the pure state of life, there are no such needs. As such, increasing the artificial needs, as is the standard of material civilization, or advancing the economic development of human society is a sort of engagement in darkness without knowledge. By such engagement, human energy is spoiled because human energy is primarily meant for purifying the senses in order to engage them in satisfying the senses of the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord, being the supreme possessor of spiritual senses, is the master of the senses, Rishikesha. Rishika, Rishika means the senses, and Isha means the master. The Lord, the Lord is not the servant of the senses, or in other words, he is not directed by the dictation of the senses, but the conditioned souls or the individual living entities are servants of the senses. They are conducted by the direction or dictation of the senses, and therefore, material civilization is a kind of engagement in sense gratification only. The standard of human civilization should be to cure the disease of sense gratification, and one can do this simply by becoming an agent for satisfying the spiritual senses of the Lord. The senses are never to be stopped in their engagements, but one should purify them by engaging them in the pure service of sense gratification of the master of the senses. This is the instruction of the whole Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna wanted, first of all, to satisfy his own senses by his decision not to fight with his kinsmen and friends. But Lord Krishna taught him the Bhagavad Gita just to purify Arjuna's decision for sense gratification. Therefore Arjuna agreed to satisfy the senses of the Lord and thus he fought the battle of Kurukshetra as the Lord desired. The Vedas instruct us 
to get out of the existence of darkness and go forward on the path of light, tamasima, jyotirgama. The path of light is therefore to satisfy the senses of the Lord. Misguided men or less intelligent men follow the path of self-realization without any attempt to satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord by following the path shown by Arjuna and other devotees of the Lord. On the contrary, they artificially try to stop the activities of the senses, the yoga system, or they deny the transcendental senses of the Lord, the jnana system. The devotees, however, are above the yogis and the jnanis because pure devotees do not deny the senses of the Lord. They want to satisfy the senses of the Lord. Only because of the darkness of ignorance do the yogis and jnanis deny the senses of the Lord and thus artificially try to control the activities of the diseased senses. In the diseased condition of the senses, there is too much engagement of the senses and increasing material needs. When one comes to see the disadvantage of aggravating the sense activities, one is called a jnani. And when one stops and when one tries to stop the activities of the senses by the practice of yogic principles, he is called a yogi. But when one is fully aware of the transcendental senses of the Lord and tries to satisfy his senses, one is called a devotee of the Lord. The devotees of the Lord do not try to deny the senses of the Lord, nor do they artificially stop the, the actions of the senses. But they do voluntarily engage their purified senses in the service of the master of the senses, <clears throat> as was done by Arjuna, thereby easily attaining the perfection of satisfying the Lord, the ultimate goal of all perfection. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 31 <clears throat> By further transformation of the mode of passion, the sense organs like the ear, skin, nose, eyes, tongue, mouth, hands, genitals, legs, an outlet for evacuating, together with intelligence and the life energy, are all generated. Purport The living condition in material existence depends more or less on one's intelligence and powerful life energy. Intelligence to counteract the hard struggle for existence is assisted by the senses for acquiring knowledge. And the life energy is maintained by the manipulation of the active organs like the hands and legs. But on the whole, the struggle for existence is an exertion of the motive passion. Therefore, all the sense organs, along with the intelligence and the life energy, prana, are different products and byproducts of the second mode of nature called passion. This mode of passion, however, is the product of the air element as described before. Text 32 O Narada, best of the transcendentalists, the formation of the body cannot take place as long as these created parts, namely the elements, senses, mind, and modes of nature, are not assembled. Purport The different types of bodily construction of the living entities are exactly like different types of motor cars manufactured by assembling the allied motor parts. When the car is ready, the driver sits in the car and moves it as he desires. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, 1861. The living entity is as if seated on the machine of the body 
and the car of the body is moving by the control of material nature, just as the railway trains are moving under the direction of the controller. The living entities, however, are not the bodies. They are separate from the bodily cars. But the less intelligent material scientist cannot understand the process of assembling the parts of the body, namely the senses, the mind, and the qualities of the material modes. Every living entity is a spiritual spark, part and parcel of the Supreme Being. And by the kindness of the Lord, for the Father is kind to His sons, the individual living beings are given a little freedom to act according to their will, to lord it over the material nature. Just as a father gives some playthings to the crying child to satisfy him, the whole material creation is made possible by the will of the Lord to allow the bewildered living entities to lord it over things as they desire. Although under the control of the agent of the Lord, although under the control of the agent of the Lord. The living entities are exactly like small children playing in the material field under the control of the maidservant of the Lord, nature. They accept Maya or the maidservant as all in all and thus wrongly conceive the supreme truth to be feminine, goddess Durga, and so on. The foolish, childlike materialists cannot reach beyond the conception of the maidservant, material nature. But the intelligent, grown-up sons of the Lord know well that all the acts of material nature are controlled by the Lord, just as a maidservant is under the control of the master, the father of the undeveloped children. The parts of the body, such as the senses, are the creation of the Mahat Tattva. And when they are assembled by the will of the Lord, the material body comes into existence. And the living entity is allowed to use it for further activities. This is explained as follows. Text 33 Thus, when all these became assembled by the force of the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, this universe certainly came into being by accepting both the primary and secondary causes of creation. Purport In this verse, it is clearly mentioned that the Supreme Personality of Godhead exerts His different energies in the creation. It is not that He Himself is transformed into material creations. He expands himself by his different energies as well as by his plenary portions. In a corner of the spiritual skies, Brahmajyoti, a spiritual cloud, sometimes appears, and the covered portion is called the Mahat Tattva. The Lord then, by his plenary portion, as Mahavishnu, lies down within the water of the Mahat Tattva, and the water is called the causal ocean, Karlana Jal, Karlana Jala. While Mahavishnu sleeps within the causal ocean, innumerable universes are generated along with his breathing. These universes are floating and they are all scattered all over the causal ocean. They stay only during the, the breathing period of Mahavishnu. In each and every universal globe, the same Mahavishnu enters again as Garbhodakashayi Vishnu and lies there on the serpent-like Shesha incarnation. From his navel sprouts a lotus stem and on the lotus, Brahma, the lord of the universe, is born. Within the universe, Brahma creates all forms of living beings of different shapes in, diff in, ter in terms of different desires. He also creates the sun god, the moon god, and other demigods. 
Therefore the chief engineer of the material creation is the Lord Himself, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.10. It is He only who directs the material nature to produce all sorts of moving and non-moving creations. There are two modes of material creation. The creation of the collective universes, as stated above, done by the Mahavishnu, and the creation of a single universe. Both are done by the Lord, and thus the universal shape, as we can see, takes place. Text 34. Thus all the universes remained thousands of eons within the water, the causal ocean, and the Lord of living beings entered into each of them, caused them to become fully animated. Read that again. Thus all the universes remained thousands of eons within the water, the causal ocean, and the Lord of all living beings, entering into each of them, caused them to become fully animated. Purport The Lord is described here as the Jiva because He is the leader of all other Jivas, living entities. In the Vedas, He is described as the Nitya, the leader of all other Nityas. The Lord's relation with the living entities is like that of the Father with the sons. The sons and the Father are qualitatively equal, but the Father is never the Son, nor is the Son ever the Father who begets. So as described above, the Lord as Garbhodakashai Vishnu or Hiranyagarbha, Super Soul, enters into each and every universe and causes it to become animated by begetting the living entities within the womb of the material nature, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 14.3. After the annihilation of the material creation, all the living entities are merged within the body of the Lord, and after creation, they are again impregnated within the material energy. In material existence, therefore, the material energy is seemingly the mother of the living entities, and the Lord is the Father. When, however, the animation takes place, the living entities revive their own natural activities under the spell of time and energy, and thus the varieties of living beings are manifested. The Lord, therefore, is ultimately the cause of all animation in the material world. Text 35 The Lord, Mahavishnu, although lying in the causal ocean, came out of it, and dividing himself as Hiranyagarbha, he entered into each universe and assumed the Virat Rupa with thousands of legs, arms, mouths, heads, and so on. Purport The expansions of the planet, planetary systems within each and every universe is, are situated in the different parts of the Virat Rupa, universal form of the Lord, and they are described as follows. Text 36 <clears throat> Text 36. Great philosophers imagine that the complete planetary systems in the universe are displays of the different upper and lower limbs of the universal body of the Lord. Purport. The word kalpayanti or imagine is significant. The virat universal form of the absolute is an imagination 
of the speculative philosophers who were unable to adjust to the eternal two-handed form of the Lord, Sri Krishna. Although the universal form as imagined by the great philosophers is one of the features of the Lord, it is more or less imaginary. It is said that the seven upper planetary systems are situated above the waist of the universal form, whereas the lower planetary systems are situated below his waist. The idea impressed herein is that the Supreme Lord is conscious of every part of his body and nowhere in the creation is there anything beyond his control. Text 37 The Brahmanas represent his mouth, the Chatriyas his arms, and the Vaishyas his thighs, and the Shudras are born of his legs. Purport All living beings are stated to be the parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord, and how they are so is explained in this verse. The four divisions of human society, namely the intelligent class, the brahmanas, the administrative class, the chatriyas, the mercantile class, the vaishyas, and the laborer class, the shudras, are all different parts of the body of the Lord. As such, no one is different from the Lord. The mouth of the body and the legs of the body are non-different constitutionally, but the mouth or the head of the body is qualitatively more important than the legs. At the same time, the mouth, the legs, the arms and the thighs are all component parts of the body. These limbs of the body of the Lord are meant to serve the complete whole. The mouth is meant to, for speaking and eating. The arms are meant for the protection of the body. and The legs are meant for carrying the body. And the waist is meant for maintaining the body. The intelligent class in society, therefore, must speak on behalf of the body, as well as accept foodstuff to satisfy the hunger of the body. The hunger of the Lord is to accept the fruits of sacrifice. The brahmanas, or the intelligent class, must be very expert in performing such sacrifices, and the subordinate classes must join in such sacrifices. To speak for the Supreme Lord means to glorify the Lord by means of propagating the knowledge of the Lord as it is, broadcasting the factual nature of the Lord and the factual position of all other parts of the whole body. The Brahmanas, therefore, are required to know the Vedas, or the ultimate source of knowledge. Veda means knowledge, and Anta means the end of it. According to the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord is the source of everything, ahang sarvasya prabhavat, and thus the end of all and, and thus the end of all knowledge, Vedanta, is to know the Lord, to know our relationship with Him, and to act according to that relationship only. The parts of the body are related to the body. Similarly, the living being must know his relationship with the Lord. The human life is especially meant for this purpose, namely, to know the factual relationship of every living being with the Supreme Lord. Without knowing this relationship, the human life is spoiled. The intelligent class of men, the brahmanas, are therefore especially responsible for broadcasting this knowledge of our relationship with the Lord and leading the general mass of people to the right path. The administrative class is meant for protecting the living beings so that they can serve this purpose. The mercantile class is meant for producing food grains and distributing them to the complete human society so that the whole population is given a chance to live comfortably and discharge the duties 
of human life. The mercantile class is also required to give protection to the cows in order to get sufficient milk and milk products, which alone can give the proper health and intelligent, intelligence to maintain a civilization perfectly meant for knowledge of the absolute truth. And the laborer class, who are neither intelligent nor powerful, can help by physical services to the other higher classes and thus be benefited by their cooperation. Therefore, the universe is a complete unit in relationship with the Lord and without this relationship with the Lord, the whole human society is disturbed and is without any peace and prosperity. This is confirmed in the Vedas. Brahmano Mukamasi Bahu Rajanya Brahmano Mukamasi Bahu Rajanyaha Kritaha. Text thirty-eight. The lower planetary systems, up to the limit of the earthly stratum, are said to be situated on the legs of the Lord's universal form. The middle planetary systems, beginning from Bhuvarloka, are situated on his navel, and the still higher planetary systems, occupied by the demigods and highly cultured sages and saints are situated on the chest of the Supreme Lord. Purport There are fourteen spheres there are fourteen spheres of planetary systems within this universe. The lower systems are called Burloka, the middle systems are called Bhuvarloka, and the higher planetary systems up to Brahmaloka, the highest planetary systems of the universe are called Swarloka, and, and all of them are situated on the body of the Lord. In other words, no one within this universe is without a relationship with the Lord. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's 7.54. So we'll stop our reading for tonight and we'll start tomorrow night from text 39. In the meantime, we're waiting on pins and needles for the reflections of the assembled sages. Hare Krishna. First is from Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna Rati, Hari Bo. First off the blocks tonight, Hare Krishna. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, let the masters speak. Yes, let the masters speak. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. She says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled devotees. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. From Bhakta Rupa. Hare Krishna Bhakta Rupa, we missed you already. Hare Bo, Hare Bo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thanks for kindly host, hosting us these past few days. Getting your association in person was very sweet and amazing. It was also good to see my Maka, Abai Prabhu again. <laughs> Maka is a Welsh way of saying buddy. <laughs> really grateful, Maharaj. Thank you for always tolerating me. 
Hare Thanks Krishna. for encouraging our book distribution. Hare Krishna, it's no trouble whatsoever. It's a joy. Thank you for coming and being with us. You're our hero. Oh, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakti Christopher. Yes, Bhakti Christopher. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. And from Rai Kanu, Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Rai Kanu, Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. And Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna, my dear God sister Sudevi Dasi. Hare Bo. Dear Maharaj, Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances. Srimad Bhagavatam is so fascinating. This material world is so boring compared to hearing Krishna Kata. Yeah. The highlight of each day that keeps me in one piece. Yeah, the material world is dead. And the Bhagavatam is alive. The more we associate with the Bhagavatam, the more we wake up, the more we become alive. You can't be happy if you're not alive. Hare Krishna. And from Jagamohan. Hare Krishna Jagamohan. He says, Hare Krishna dear Maharaj. Jai Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. I'd like to encourage, you know, all the devotees, even our loved ones who are there every night, to give some reflections on what they heard. Uh, I deeply appreciate your your appreciation for what we're doing and uh, like that, and and your appreciation for Shiva Prabhupada for giving us these books. But you know, I would like to hear some reflections. That would be good for all of us. We'd be very happy. And I know all of you are capable of doing that. Hare Krishna. From uh, Bhakti Rupa. He says, I really appreciated how your ashram is perfectly centered around the hearing of Srila Prabhupada's books. Mm. Organized, clean, and very quiet. Such an atmosphere really made the hearing process a lot more focused, and Prabhupada's words went straight in. Whoa, thank you very much. Thanks very much. We can, we can give our, our trustee Abhaya Das Brahmachari most credit from, than, than any of us for that. Thanks to him. So this process of creation may at some time seem a little perplexing or a little complicated, but it's not really. Uh, it's a process that goes on and it's easily understandable. If we keep hearing it regularly from the proper sources, uh, carefully, gradually, all the pieces of the puzzle will be put together and we'll see clearly what's going on here. We just heard you know, in the Gita last couple of days, uh, how if one uh, understands the relationship between the Lord and His material energy uh, and the living entity and how it all works, then regardless of our present position, uh, we are assured to, uh, to, to not have to take birth again in this material world. So it is worth the effort to patiently hear. You know, we've heard a little bit in the first canto, now we're hearing a little bit more in the second canto. And then in the third canto, Kapila Dev will elaborate on all of these points that are being made of the creation, how Ma Vishnu expands himself into uh, Garbhadakashaya Vishnu, who expands himself into Chirudakashaya Vishnu, and how the primary and secondary uh, creations go on uh, by the supervision of the Lord. 
Yes, it's worth the effort to learn the, in detail how this works and be able to explain it clearly to others. Because the result of that knowledge is that the material energy backs off from us. It doesn't push us to interact with it in such a way as to cause us more and more complications and more and more suffering uh, in this material world. So this is transcendental knowledge. It is deep, it is scientific, uh, it is not changeable, it's not changing with every generation like material uh, uh, knowledge is. Uh, therefore it is worth the time and effort to keep ourselves absorbed in hearing this Srimad Bhagavatam again and again. I just read a section of the Bhagavatam with Radharaman today. I think it was 7th Canto, 14th chapter. Yeah, let's see. I've been looking for this quote for a long time. Yes, thank you. 1714. I just read it, so I hope I can find it. if I can find it quickly enough. It doesn't look like I can, but I'll just, I wanted to read it, but we can explain it. Srila Prabhupada says that this knowledge is so um, complete that even if you read the Bhagavad Gita, ah, found it. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Krishna. Uh, in all this, in the, this is the seventh canto, chapter 14, verse 8, purport. In the Shastras, the Puranas, and other Vedic literatures, there are so many narrations describing the transcendental activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And everyone should hear them again and again. For example, even if we read the entire Bhagavad Gita every day, all 18 chapters, in each reading we shall find a new explanation. That is the nature of transcendental literature. The Krishna Consciousness Movement, therefore, affords one an opportunity to spend his extra earnings for the benefit of all human society by expanding Krishna Consciousness. So, that's it. If we keep hearing again and again and again and again this knowledge, gradually uh, we will become more and more enlightened and we will be able to see the reality of what's going on here and therefore our journey will be more precise and more uh, spiritually scientific and satisfying to the heart and then our restlessness will go away and then we can actually change the hearts of other people by our explanations of these things that pleases Krishna very much. Hare Krishna. From Subarao Rajagopal Kijai.
Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for the reading service, Maharaj. Through the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam, one can try to get an idea of the inconceivable nature of the Lord in the creation of the universes. Hmm. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you. Goranga Gopal. Goranga Gopal. <coughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for your daily readings. As we are running our marathon here, I have been very busy, which didn't allow me to attend the readings live. Still, catching up with them and getting your association every morning is saving my life. Mm. Also, I have been listening to the CC audiobook, as I previously mentioned. Driving and hearing isn't always so easy for me, so I have been repeating the first two chapters of Adi Lila a few times, so it could sink in. You are our hero, as Bhakti Rupa said. <laughs> oh, Hare Krishna. I'm just trying to repeat Srila Prabhupada's words, and it's so relishable. Thank you. Also, I was hearing in the CC chapter 2, Adi Lila, about the evidences that Lord Brahma gives to Lord Krishna in the 10th canto mm. that establishes the Lord as Narayana himself. Mm. And here we are hearing also Lord Brahma establishing the supremacy of the Lord over Lord Brahma's own potency of creation. Mm. I appreciate how both are connected. Yeah, they're not only connected, but they fit together perfectly. There are no, there's no actually gray spots in this Bhagavatam. It all fits together perfectly. And it fits together with the Gita also. So it's up to us to continue to hear again and again uh, and, and study it from different angles of vision, discuss it from different angles of vision like we do during our reflections uh, in order for the knowledge to go deeper uh, into our consciousness. Yes, and it will wake us up for sure, for sure. From Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna Rati. <coughs> Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. We have heard many times tonight about the importance of pleasing the senses of the Lord. Mm. Honestly speaking, I do not really know what that means or how it works. Could you please elaborate? You offer food to Krishna? You're offering food for the satisfaction of Krishna? That means you must be aware that Krishna has senses. To satisfy the Lord means to satisfy his senses. Therefore, when we try very hard, when we make the offerings, we cook with great attention and care and make it as nice as possible, with as nice ingredients as possible, we're doing that to please the senses of Krishna. We have senses because Krishna has senses. As the Bible says, man is created in the image of God. And as the Bhagavad Gita says, this material world is a reflection of the original spiritual uh, world where the spiritual senses of the Lord are eternally manifest. Whereas here, they're uh, unmanifest, means they can't be perceived directly, but they can be perceived in our, the altars that we set up in our homes and especially in the temples where the exemplar uh, of how to serve and how to please uh, the senses of the Lord by changing the flowers, by changing the dresses, 
by doing the uh, by feeding him every day more than once a day he's the supreme controller the supreme lord and in this way we please the, the senses of the lord and uh, we attract his attention it's it's personal and personal means senses but these senses are not like our senses they don't hanker for some kind of degraded uh, uh, gratification the real gratification of the senses comes when we use our senses to offer back to the Lord all the things that have been created by him for uh, keeping our body and soul together in this material world It's a, it's a very important point that Rati has brought up. That pleasing the senses of the Lord means, to please the Lord means to please the senses of the Lord. We should know that He sees and He hears and He, and he tastes and, he, and, and all of the senses are fully conscious of everything. Therefore, if we become very attached to thinking about him, then we satisfy him completely. Hare Krishna. And this is from Rati Manjari. Mm. She says, yes, I offer food sometimes, but not so often. I just hope that it is enough what I do. I hope that singing his name also counts in chanting Japa. Absolutely. Krishna, Krishna's name is Krishna. This is a very important point to understand. Actually, it's the goal of chanting Hare Krishna is to realize that the name of Krishna and Krishna are not different. Namas, uh, Namachintamina Krishnas Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha uh, Purna Shudo Nitya Mukta Binatvam Nama Namino That the Supreme, the Lord of Krishna, the name of Krishna is Chintamani. It's spiritual. It is not material. It is uh, supremely, or it's it's always pure and always uh, liberated and it is non-different than Krishna Vinatvam Nama Namino the name of Krishna and Krishna are the same because he is absolute we here in the material world the name of the object and the object are different. If you're thirsty, you can't satisfy your thirst just by chanting the name water, 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 water. Because there's a difference between the name water and the, and the, and the object water. But in the spiritual world, the name of the object and the object are the same. They're absolute because they're made of spiritual energy. Therefore, when you hear Krishna's name, you become satisfied. Of course, our perception of that depends on the degree of purification, the, the degree of surrender, the um, percentage of time and energy that we give to Krishna. Proportionately, we can realize these things. Hare Krishna. It's very simple, but very deep. From Bhakta Rupa? Yes, Bhakta Rupa. 
We heard a few days back that Lord Brahma creates the universe inspired from within. I was curious if the Lord Brahmas in the different universes create them slightly different because they are different jivas. No, they they get the information of how to create from the Vedas. The Vedas are within the Vedas are the codes of how to create the universe. Therefore they don't decide how the universe is created. They they're they're the engineers of the universe. Just like an engineer, he gets the blueprint and he gets the ingredients, huh? And then he puts it together. That's Brahma's role. He's the engineer. He puts he puts the parts together. We heard in the, in the what we read today that all these different parts, which are the primary creation of the Lord, they're put together uh, into forms, into the material universes, uh, by the by Brahma by each Brahma in each universe. So they may they're different, in the sense that some of them are very much larger than the others. And therefore, Brahma has to have more intelligence to manage the whole thing. Therefore, he may have ten heads, a hundred heads, even up to a million heads. Huh? This universe we're living in now is the smallest and the shortest duration. And the duration of this universe is 111 trillion, something billion, 80 billion years or something like that, which is inconceivable to us. That's just the breath. That's one breath. We heard that today in the purports and the verses. It's all going on in one breath, exhalation and one inhalation of the Lord. It is so far beyond our uh, intelligence to understand. Therefore, our intelligence has to be awakened. Our spiritual intelligence has to be awakened. We are given that intelligence by Krishna. And how, why? Because we want, we have to want, we have to tesham satati yukdanam bhajatam priti purvakam. We must serve Krishna with affection. And how do we get that affection? We get by hearing about Krishna. The more we hear about Krishna, his quality, his form, uh, his paraphernalia, his pastimes, his entourage, they're so attractive. They're all attractive. And therefore we, we, we become attracted and attached to Krishna. And the more we become attached to Krishna, when we chant Hare Krishna, the more Krishna becomes attracted to us. And when he becomes attracted to us, the deed is done. Because he has the capacity to do anything. So we hear about all these things that Krishna is doing, how inconceivably intelligent, unlimitedly masterful, uh, unlimitedly artistic, everything to the, to the nth degree of perfection. And therefore we are attracted. We are attached. And to that extent that we're attached, we desire to be with Krishna. And what does that do? It stimulates our intelligence to chant Hare Krishna and think of Krishna more and more. And this satisfies the soul completely. And our restlessness goes away and we become happy in the association of Krishna, Hare Krishna. From Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. He says, thanks Maharaj, it's impossible for me to get my one tiny head around these things. <laughs> Nonetheless, I really love hearing about these aspects of Krishna's creation. Very interesting. Yes. And that's it. That's the beginning. 
beginning is there's some interest then there's a little faith why is there a little faith because it's so interesting that it feels good when we hear about it it's interesting we like it and then it keeps growing and growing Hare Krishna and it will never stop growing even when we go back to the spiritual world there is unlimited variegatedness in the spiritual world Hare Krishna. Subarao Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, looking forward to having your association when you are in the U.S. Any immediate plans, Maharaj? Uh, so far, no. Stay tuned. <laughs> and from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. I struggle sometimes with my humanly contaminated idea of Krishna and then I think of him as someone who needs to be constantly satisfied or things will go wrong. Such thoughts make me feel un uneasy and nervous. On the other hand, at other times I do feel inspired to please Krishna. I guess these changing states are the signs of anishtita bhakti unsteady bhakti and that I will simply need to continue and be patient and keep desiring the mercy of advanced devotees like yourself is this a correct understanding Guru Maharaj? well the, the, the anxiety that you feel is not necessarily material <clears throat> the devotee feels anxious because they want to please Krishna more and more and they may not know exactly how to do it or they may not think that they know how to do it or they may feel incapable of doing it so that's spiritual anxiety that anxiety causes us to feel separation from Krishna and stimulates our, our, our desire to, to, to strengthen to, to want to actually uh, be able to uh, know what it means to satisfy Krishna's senses you know, Yashoda Mai, the mother of Krishna, is most intimate. Only Radharani is more intimate than Krishna, than her. She's top of the line. And she's always in anxiety. Constant anxiety. One time, someone asked Srila Prabhupada, how can I tell if I'm advancing in Krishna consciousness? And Srila Prabhupada's answer was very interesting. He said, how much anxiety are you in? So, But this anxiety is not material anxiety because the result of spiritual anxiety is we, it pushes us forward uh, to continue our Krishna consciousness and to want to know more and more and to want to do more and more to try to satisfy Krishna. The secret, as far as I can see, is gratitude. Because everything, we're not, what are we producing ourselves? What are we actually creating ourselves that, 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 that we're using to give us security and, and all the things that we need to live, keep our body and soul together? We're not creating any of it. All the elements are already created. We can just kind of move them around a little bit, manipulate them a little bit, that's all. So therefore that gratitude should be there. The senses are given to us by Krishna, the intelligence is given to us by Krishna. So I wouldn't say that the feeling you have of anxiety is necessarily material or mundane. Otherwise, you wouldn't continue to go out you know, and chant Hare Krishna and try to bring people into Krishna consciousness and, and go out and meet people and try to help them and give them Prabhupada's books. Hare Krishna. And from Rasika Shiromani. Hare Krishna, Rasika. He says it just keeps getting better and better. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Rasika. And then, as of now, this is the last comment from Bhakti Rupa. Haribo Bhakti Rupa. 
It's mind blowing. We'll call you all fi- old faithful. <laughs> it's mind blowing and impressive and inconceivable how amazing Krishna really is. He created everything within the universe, and all of the material creation is just in a tiny corner of the spiritual world. He's so impressive and simultaneously Krishna the cowherd boy from Vrindavan. Exactly. And he does that all just in one breath. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabheda bhakta vrinda ki jai. Gaur prem anandi hari hari bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic as Lord Brahma further enlightens Narada Muni as to the nature of the creation of the material world and who's actually doing it. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.